Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And last time, we teased you with two things, and we are going to start uh, right off the bat with one of them. Uh, Last time, we were discussing, has Tara Strong been in a Star Wars? The answer, as we found out, was yes. She's been in two. She has been in Star Wars The Old Republic as several voices, but notably Risha Drayden, who is one of the smuggler companions, and a character named Holiday. Um, Holiday. I don't have time to explain Holiday, uh, (laughs) but imagine if a hologram was a real doll <laughs> okay so she's and basically... the plot of that one ryan gosling movie wait so she's a she's a doll she's, she's a, a hologram, hologram. The, the guy is like dating it's very weird she is that voice uh and then she is credited as quote additional voices in star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker interesting because now that I'm thinking, now I'm thinking about it because she's Miss Minutes and Loki, so that's a Marvel thing. What's her Disney thing? She does, oh, that's she does, a good point. Because she does a that, lot of Cartoon Network stuff, but I wasn't thinking about. Oh, you know what? She's in the Guardians of the Galaxy TV series. I just looked it up. Oh wait, that's Marvel. Wait, that's Marvel. Shit, that's Marvel. what's her? What's her Disney thing? She, she does a lot of Marvel Disney things. Thing. What is her Disney thing? Oh my You've god! Gotta find out. This I is giving me like frantically. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like scouring through every through. single one. I'm like trying desperately to see if she was in a Disney. Does thing. she have a Disney trifecta? Oh my gosh! We have to find out. I think we I'm a little bit behind you. Okay, I'll cut. Th- I'll cut half this out, but I'll. <laughs> I want to know. I don't know if this counts, but she was in Disney Infinity 3.0 as mm. the voice of Black Cat. I don't know if we're gonna count that though. Okay, I found something. So it's called Wander Over Yonder. It's a Disney Channel um, cartoon. So that counts. Okay, so there we go. That. There we go. Okay, Disney trifecta. way too long to, <laughs> to find something that she's done. I mean, she's probably done more, but like, I mean, it's so hard to go through her IMDb page because it's literally a mile I long. Have been, I have been scrolling for 30 minutes <laughs> and I'm at 2012. This woman has been in so much, but yeah, it also includes um, Star Wars: The Old Republic and Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. She was quote additional voices in Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. So that's our episode of the Terra Strong podcast. Uh, yes, we... <laughs> this we'll is our uh, <laughs> this is our Terra Strong Terra Strong uh, stand podcast. No, if you are just joining us, uh, Bradley and I are in the intervening time between Book of Boba Fett and the next thing, watching through the original Clone Wars by Gendy Tartakovsky. Uh, We are taking it five, quote unquote, chapters at a time. We've already done chapters one through 10, which was season one. And in this episode, we will be doing chapters 11 through 15. When we are finished with volume one, we are going to decide, we're going to look at the release dates and see how many episodes we want to do for volume two. So that is what we are doing here. 
feel free to watch along with us. If you are watching along, this episode is going to cover everything between when the cam when the shot comes back up and Anakin and Asajj's starfighters are racing at each other. So they were racing at each other and it cut to black. And then it comes back up and they're racing at each other again. That's where we're starting. Okay. And then we are ending uh, with, I believe, Yoda lifting the rocks on Ilum. Uh, because I believe at that point it cuts yes. back to Padme. Yes. So I think that is as far as we are going to get with this episode. Bradley and I are recording these one after another, but you are listening to it however many weeks in advance. As of gotcha. this point, we don't know when the next thing is going to come out because everyone can be supposed to be in May, but we don't know when Bad Batch is coming out. It's spring. What yeah. the fuck does spring mean, Star it Wars means, Insider? Which is crazy because like literally spring could still be like June. Like they could wait till fucking Kenobi's done and then be like, oh, by the way, here's Clone Wars. Like, you know what I mean? It, or not what Clone the Wars, fuck Bad does it's like, spring mean? Oh, <sighs> so annoying. Jesus. Just fucking tell Jesus. us. Just tell, tell me the release date for Bad Batch. I'm begging you. It's driving me insane. So, Bradley, everything between the dogfight between Anakin and Asajj and Yoda lifting the rocks up on Ilum, what did you think of this section? Um, so this section was a little different. Um, yes. I think... I, for I, context, I... for context, if you are just joining us, I grew up on the show. Bradley has never seen it. Yes. Um, so I, this is all brand new to me. Um, I will say this section was really cool because we got to see um, a lot of Mace Windu, um, which we don't get a lot of him. I feel like in the media, or at least we don't get enough of him in the media doing stuff. Um, no, I love... and there was, there was a decent amount of legend stuff. Like Matthew Stover yeah. wrote a novel, Shatterpoint, about him. Like he he gets a little more depth in the multimedia project. He does not speak, so we're not going to talk about who his voice actor is until okay. we get to twenty one to twenty five. Got it. But okay. it is very cool who is voicing him. Okay. Well, I, I liked seeing him in this because he gives him stuff to do, and also not only does it give him stuff to do, but I feel like in his quote unquote two chapters, well, because they're kind of split in half. Um, right. He exemplifies like force powers like he seems like he's the most powerful fucking jedi in the whole entire world like based on like all oh the stuff that he God. does <laughs> so, mind, mind blowing the stuff that he does so when we get episode. to it we will but it was like i was like holy shit i was like um i imagine like this is what people wanted samuel l jackson to do off screen like this, this is, is literally like... what people wanted him to do when they cast samuel l jackson they were like oh man he's gonna be a badass jedi and he sits around for all of episode one. And then episode yeah. two is like, give him something to do. And he does stuff, which is right. cool. And then this like really elevated like what this character could do. Yeah, I'm almost like, give me like another, give me, give me something with him in it where Samuel L. Jackson plays him again and then have it be this like action movie. Don't even say that it's a fantasy movie. Make it a true and true like action movie like be like he has to do the dumb thing where he's in the vehicle and there's a car chase and then there's also a 
a pretty woman who also can drive cars for some reason and that makes her like really cool and sexy because she drives cars and like you know stuff like that like <laughs> we need that movie with samuel L. jackson but he's just mace windu again but just hey hey uh hey lucasfilm you know marvel's like the next building over and they did all that de-aging for samuel l jackson for captain marvel so like you can borrow their visual effects just do it and do a mace windu movie or whatever like and just have him do all this stuff thanks have him do all this stuff yeah and one other thing that i like too is um i really liked seeing barris um offy uh i was like oh that's a nice surprise i wasn't expecting to see that um so uh and luminara or whatever and i was like oh okay. she's here yeah i was like oh i wasn't expecting to see them that was something like i just didn't know like i guess i just didn't have previous knowledge like i i knew that like anakin obi-wan yoda all that stuff all these people and massage were all in this show i didn't know that they were they did other jedis <laughs> randomly so it was just interesting yeah just like it pops away to sort of other jedi like the thing about this show is you know it would come out daily right so it would air like one after another so like chapter 11 aired the 26th and then they took the weekend off and then it aired the 29th through the 2nd of april and they took the weekend off and then they aired the last four one day after another so they sort of they could do the main plot with anakin and then they could jump over for three days to do something else and then jump back which is why it sort of jumps around so much Mm. it was very interesting to watch when it was coming out and i do have distinct memories of watching this when it was coming out yeah i'm noticing when i look at like the chapters as a whole like once now that we're like going and we're doing five at a time it is kind of interesting you can kind of see the arcs like it's like it's almost like some of the chapters are like really just extra long episodes like they're really just like three episodes combined like if you're if you're talking about story arcs and the longest that they are are about three episodes and so we'll see in like the next yeah, section then, yeah it's interesting and then they have to jump like back to the main story right yeah it's just weird which is uh, weird format which is but... not how season three is season three is very different interesting than okay. these all right so we pick it up where we left off anakin and asajj are dog fighting Mm-hmm. Uh, up in the sky and then down to the ground. Uh, Anakin says, I have you now, which, okay, yeah, nice we get it. There. We get it. He's going to become Darth Vader. <laughs> I will talk about this next episode, the big thing, but I alluded to it in episode one. Right. And I'm alluding to it here. We get it. He's going to be Darth Vader. I do love. <laughs> The little exchange between Obi-Wan and the clones where he's like, that's not one of ours. No, General. That's Anakin. Yes, General. (laughs) I love how Obi-Wan just seems like he's fed up with Anakin all the time. He's just like, are you fucking kidding me? This fucking, my son is so stupid. Like, why does he never listen to me? Here's my thing. Here's my issue with them in this, in in these first two seasons. I, I don't believe that they're friends. It does very much seem like Obi-Wan Kenobi does not like Anakin and Anakin hates Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, oh yeah, like they don't act like they can stand each other at, at all. all. Yeah. And even in Attack of the Clones they had a little bit of banter between them. Yeah, because like, he's always like was... joking with him. Like he's always like 
he's like, I don't listen to you, but you know, we still care about each other. Like, it's very obvious, like, Anakin, like, Anakin, like, bitches about Obi-Wan, but he bitches about Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan's not there. <laughs> right, right, right. Bitching about him to Padme. When they're together, there is this sense that, like, especially, like, with the speeder chase scene in episode two, where Anakin jumps out and Obi-Wan looks over, he's like, oh, I hate it when he does that. They clearly, they, they have respect for each other. In this, they're openly antagonistic to each other. Obi-Wan's constantly lecturing him, Anakin's constantly whining. I do not like this characterization of them at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. Especially since 2008 Clone Wars had a lot more time to develop them. I also feel like they didn't really know where they were going with them in episode three. Mm-hmm. We'll get to uh, next episode. They knew some things about episode three when they were making season two. Interesting. Because it was in production. I believe it came out in 2005, I want to say. Right. Revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah, I don't like it here. Well, Anakin jets up after Asajj Ventress into hyperspace. Uh, and we cut over to uh, Mace Windu doing awesome shit for a solid seven minutes i was like basically you might as well combine the next two chapters because he pretty much is just it's literally like just him doing the whole thing <laughs> do you want to know about the little kid that's watching him um because this is real interesting okay so this is okay i need i need to know two things about this because okay one it seems random as fuck first of all okay second of all why is it that this little kid is basically just ezra on lethal like the whole entire thing is just it's a battle on Lethal. It seems like Lethal. There's the fucking like you can even see the uh what is it, the hay or whatever it is, the grass that is basically you, Lethal. Like Do you know what planet that is? Uh I only know because of the descriptor on this little thing that's telling me what it is, but I had no idea. Like they no idea. literally mention all the way back in episode one that Master Windu is tied up on Dantooine. Oh, okay. And now Four months later, five months later, they are going to pay that off. <laughs> That's crazy. This is Dantui. This is the planet that, uh, as for why the kid's here, fuck you. It's a kid show. That's that's your answer. Oh, uh, okay. No, I, I didn't know th- who it was. This kid is really interesting. So his name is Paxi Silo. Okay. He only appears here. Right. But we get some other information about him thanks to StarWars.com. Okay. Paxi Silo the historical record loses him after this incident. We don't know anything about him. But around the time of the Empire, animations started circulating on the black market of Mace Windu fighting droids on Dantooine. And they looked a lot like the style of drawings that this little kid would make. So, in-universe, Paxi Silo animated these two episodes and put them on, like, the black market on the holonet. Okay. And these are canonically in-universe animated. Interesting. So, is Paxi Silo, like, uh, whatever it's called, where you rearrange the letters, is that, like, another name for somebody who works on the show? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just okay. a, I think it's just a Star Wars-y... Uh, type it. name. Uh, so we get the seismic tanks 
Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, that thing was fucking wild. Okay, but good. Deal. Crazy. Well, it kind of when I when I saw it this time, mm-hmm. I looked at it and I was like, that reminds me a lot of the World Devastators from Dark Empire Two, okay. which was the original comic where Palpatine came back as a clone. And then uh, Luke Skywalker turned to the dark side. Uh, it was very weird. I'm mostly bringing it up because the author of that, uh, Tom Veach, I hope I'm saying his last name right, um, he recently passed away. Uh, okay. In about a week of recording this. So I wanted to bring up, at least at, at some point on the show, uh, Dark Empire, uh, which... My feelings about the actual content of the material aside, Dark Empire was very formulative for me and for a lot of people. Uh, I remember finding it in the Springfield Library and thinking it was the coolest thing at the time. Uh, I still think it's pretty neat and does some neat things. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, RIP, Tom, uh, you did some really cool work. So, But they look like the world devastators from Dark Empire too. Gotcha. All right. Well, can we talk about just the logistics of this thing? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this. It like it slams into the ground, right? And and like blast things with like the seismic blast from the thing hitting the ground. It's very like random super weapons for oh, the for sake sure. of a random super weapon. For sure. For sure. But we can talk about how Maze Windu is able to take this thing on by himself. It seems like there are no clones. There are well, there's just the clones, I guess. Uh, but like he is literally by himself, so he's just the only Jedi on this thing during this attack. He's just there. Uh huh. Well, clearly he's all he needs because he takes the thing down. Right. Well, so let's see. What what does he do? Let's let's take a tally. So he he's force running. He is able to use the force to. Uh, explode the droids just like from within <laughs> or oh, take I've, them apart I've or just, something i've just lost count of how many i mean so many different things, force he's things he does over the course of this yeah if you Absolutely if anybody wants nuts. like uh if anybody wants like some kind of like culmination of every force power that ever existed like watch this episode if you have to watch this it. by itself yeah is like so many cool things reading the high republic especially light of the jedi and seeing all the different things that they do with the force recaptured for me the feeling of watching this episode when i was a kid like uh that bit in light of the jedi where like the drones are overheating and avar and elzar are like what if we summoned a thunderstorm with the force it's that same feeling to me yeah. of like, oh, wow, you can do that with the Force, actually. How many more things can we do with the Force? Let's just how many more things, things can we do with the Force? <laughs> right. Uh, and it 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 gets wilder over the course of Phase One. But I have High Republic brain rot, uh, right. as we previously established. Well, Mace Windu beats up the droids, and we cut over to our first real look at the planet Ilum. Right. That is that is Ilum, where the Jedi get their lightsaber crystals. I don't think they're called Kyber crystals yet. I think they're called like a, a Gian crystal or something. Okay. In this, uh, but we see Luminara and Barris are here, 
Yeah. Uh, Barris is finishing up her training. They are attacked by droids and they bury themselves in the cave. Kind of cool to see them. They were sort of background characters in Attack of the Clones and they get a little moment to shine here. Uh, Barris's characterization and Luminar's characterizations are very different here than they are in yeah the clone wars i i actually i'm i'm glad that they were able to in the second clone wars they were able to give them way more depth and like oh, something yeah. to do you know what i mean like i i, I don't I get have, me wrong i enjoy them but you know i have issues with barris in the 2008 clone Wars series and the choices they made with her but she's a very interesting character in that at yeah. least and they don't have a lot of, that's part of the problem with this one is they don't have a lot of time to develop characters at all. It's just kind of, look at this Jedi that you know. Right. The only person who really gets any development is Anakin. That's it. And his development is basically, uh, look, he's going to be Darth Vader. Padme's ship is flying through space and Master Yoda is on it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, wait, Yoda, I was like, wait, like, wait why? Senses them in danger. And is like, he goes to Padme and Captain Typho and is like, we need to make a detour and rescue these Jedi. And Typho's like, absolutely the fuck not. But I, I want to circle back to something I said in a previous episode. Remember how I said I just realized why R2-D2 is here? Yes. So again, episode three hasn't happened yet. They don't know that R2-D2 is BFFs with Anakin when they're developing the show. Right. Because previously in episodes one and two, R2-D2 works for Padme. Right. Because he's a Naboo he's droid. Ship. Right. So that's why he's here. Oh, he's still technically hers. He's still technically working for her. Right. She hasn't given him to Anakin yet. Right. Because, like, from what I can understand, like, from at least, I guess, chapter from Revenge of the Sith, the whole idea was that she needed to keep tabs on Anakin because you know he was always away during this war or whatever and then they're married so she's like well fuck i need somebody who can keep a secret and r2d2 is the only one who can keep a goddamn secret in this whole entire i think it's more of like a protocol droid is going to be more useful for a senator and an astromech droid is going to be more useful for a jedi they're like switched droids yeah it doesn't yeah they do it's kind of weird that they keep that's why she owns them yeah that's why R2 is here. So I did realize that as we were recording. Yoda just like straight up mind tricks Captain Typho. And it's um, like, go I, to I, rescue the Jedi, we must. Rescue the Jedi, we must. I wrote this down because I was like, this is very, uh, this is very important to the story. I was like, and I like how Padme's like laughing about this because she realizes what's happening. But, but would she think like should she think this is funny because why is your captain of your fucking bodyguards like this susceptible to a mind trick like that means he's not very like because yoda's the grandmaster like in general i like what they did with padme in this like i was expecting i i don't remember her being a particularly strong character in this originally Mm -hmm. uh i was pleasantly surprised when i watched this and i went Oh, okay. It makes absolute sense that she married Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Like watching the way that she's very diplomatic and composed, but she's still like, oh, there's an adventure. I want to go on it. So I just, I was going to say, she reminds me because I just finished um, Thrawn 2 or 
alliance um and you know she's a main character in that book and so it's funny that this gave me that same characterization like she goes off on her own and she does her own shit she doesn't wait for anakin to do stuff so she just kind of like you know because i i guess the old characterization in the movies is always like she's always waiting for anakin always waiting for him to be around i guess and it's nice except to show doing in, stuff. yeah except sort of in in attack of the clones she's a lot more proactive in attack of the clones right when she's like well i mean they said you can't go to geonosis but they never said i can't go and you're supposed to bodyguard me so we're going right like it's very much that characterization versus yeah. revenge of the sith where because they cut her, her whole subplot out Mm -hmm. uh she just mostly just stands around doing yeah. that movie being pregnant being pregnant <laughs> carrying like, the the most important characters in all the series in her belly like, like. <laughs> george lucas uh your ability to write women is not great but yeah. yeah my final note on on the sequence where yoda's fighting the droids before he goes in there's a bit where he's running around at leg height and uh -huh. then their heads like decapitate and i want to yeah. know how he pulled that off <laughs> Like the logistics uh, of that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, hmm, doesn't seem like it matches up, but you know what, Yoda, you do you. Like, <laughs> Yes. So Yoda defeats the droids and goes in and starts lifting up the boulders and that is where chapter 15 ends. Do you want to hear about some voice actors? Yes, please. So obviously that is Anthony Daniels as the voice of C-3PO. But who else? Because that's what he does it's illegal to it's, have anybody that's else his that. whole life has been playing this one character and cashing every check that's right uh but yoda is being voiced by a gentleman named tom kane who you might know from the 2008 series as the voice of yoda and admiral yularen hmm. he is okay. also the announcer at the beginning of every clone wars episode war yeah, he's that now. <laughs> Love Dastardly defeat. Right. The separatists have moved on the planet of my... Yeah, he's that guy. I love that. Okay. But he's also the voice of Yoda. So we have a lot of people. People from the from, 2008 version. Okay, cool. I was just glancing at uh, the cast list to see if there were any other voice actors, particularly that I wanted to highlight this. I do want to highlight the voice of Luminara, even though she's not in this a lot. Okay. Uh, is a woman by the name of Cree Summer. And Cree Summer, I want to highlight specifically because she is the voice of Princess Kida in my favorite Disney movie, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Ah, okay. I like that. So she is the voice of Luminara. In Got it. Cool. I, I'm not sure if she... Uh, let's take a look here because... It, it, she's another Tara Strong one where it's like, if anybody's going to complete the Disney trifecta, it's going to be her. Yeah. She was in the Hercules TV show. That's interesting. She's another one. These animation people have just like been in, oh, here we go. Uh, she was in Spider-Man, the new animated series in 2003. Okay. There's her Let's see if we can find an even closer Marvel one, because I'll bet you she's been in something else. Avengers Assemble in 2014. There you go. So she's she like Tara Strong has also completed the at least voice trifecta. 
right yeah i guess it's easier it's for the cool. anim- the animated people because they can do so many different projects you know they it's, do so many different yeah. projects it is insane how many projects some of these people do it's just an insane amount of talent well bradley what did you think of episodes uh 11 through 15 of the clone wars great um like i said uh mace windu great job love seeing barris um and i think this was a nice little kind of mid we'll call it mid-season kind of area like i guess because <laughs> we're technically in season two now so this is a it feels like they resolved a lot of the main plot of the minimalist right. stuff in season one and season two they were like how about we go and do some other things with some other characters right yeah actually. it definitely feels different yeah yeah it's it's definitely like they had a lot more leeway i think that let me take a look at the episode list that I have up. So one, two, three, four, I would say five, six, seven, eight, nine of the first season episodes were what I would call the quote unquote main plot. I'm including the Asajj Ventress stuff in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only five, five, four and a half of the episodes in season two are the quote unquote main plot. All right. Well, our audience will have to wait another either four days or one week or two weeks we're still deciding how we want to (laughs) release these as of recording but bradley if you want to go ahead and run the socials and we will head into our final batch of five episodes thank you for listening to gold squadron gaze did charles fuck something up email us at gold squadron gaze at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at gold squad gaze and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze.